0: everybody and welcome back to another episode of boss your business we already had a couple good laughs in the green room so you better stick around because this is going to be a fun episode and we are diving back into neuro- neurodiversity. diversity there we already got the first tongue twist out of the way so you know <laughs> it's going to be an amazing episode and today my guest is Catherine McCourt you are coming in from this standard of neurodiversity, of inclusivity. So, I'm really excited to have you today to introduce you from being the little girl who sold shares in her company and played HR. By the way, who plays HR? We're going to have to talk about that. We will. You, we will talk about that. I will explain. I hired your mom.
1: I did at six <laughs> years old.
0: I was six. I was six. Yeah. 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 So, guys, guys, <laughs> that's who you have here. Yeah. When I can't even get through the first sentence of the bio, you know this is going to be a freaking amazing episode. You then turn to the traveling people operations entrepreneur an international speaker that you are now. Catherine has had quite the journey. She has multiple physical and neurodiversities, ranging from MCAS and seizures to bipolar and OCD. And you say, I'm successful with my diagnose, not in spite of it, whether it is revolutionizing HR tech, innovating DEI recruiting and HR clients or being the founder of the Neuroverse and not for profit organization dedicated to building inclusion and elevating neurodiversity. You are always bringing everything back to your three missions, integrity,
1: inclusion, and innovation. Damn Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I love, I love the shows that will just let my mouth fly. And I I do love that you brought up that I fired my mother when I was six. And, and I've had people that were really worried about how she felt about that. So I want to let everyone know that she was thrilled. So my <laughs> mother, <laughs> my mother <laughs> is an HR professional whose mm-hmm. nickname is The Terminator because oh. she loves to fire people. Not layoffs. Layoffs suck. Nobody likes that. But firing the people that really earned it, we love it, both of us. And so she knew from the age of six that I was just like her. She was very thrilled about it. So yeah, just rest assured she <laughs> I, was I love, happy.
0: I love the whole phrasing around it because we know those people that have earned being fired. Yes. We we, we yeah. had those people. That right? just suck.
1: Yeah. The, the jerk like, the jerkosaurus wreck that's that's who it is yeah and let i
0: like even even in a small solopreneur business with just some part-time people you're gonna run into this sooner yes. or later with where it's like those different levels of oh hell yeah you you earned that to the no nah, we are just not getting along yeah and like interestingly enough one of, one of my best team members, I love her to pieces. I literally fired her three times. Yeah, I mean- I fired her three <laughs> times through our relationship. We always, we always talked okay. with each other. She knew why I fired her and she had to do her own growing. But you,
1: but do you know what though? Do you know what I hear out of that? Is that you you practice something that I think is beautiful and very much underused in business, which is forgiveness. And you know, we, was, we don't use that a lot. A
0: personal and that's, thing.
1: No, it's not about that. It's just sometimes it's just they're not where they need to be. I've rehired people. It happens, you know, and and but the people that just earn it, I thoroughly enjoy firing them. It is, I in fact, I had to practice. I don't know if if anybody watching has, has ever seen the show Modern Family, but Claire, uh-huh. there's an episode where Claire is trying to tell talk to her son about death and she keeps smiling like a weirdo. And that's me. When I fire people, I had to practice not grinning like the joker, like, like not being, they're like, today's your last day. Get out. Just, it's, I love it. I love it. I'm like, yes, I'm getting rid of this toxic person and we're going to have this great, you know, it's going to make things so much better. And you just suck. And it's probably something I'm already tired of dealing with at that point. You know, it's just like, just get out. You're, I'm and just I think tired of you
0: that's when we initially hear enjoying firing somebody i think that's the piece we are forgetting about right how some people just don't fit our goals don't fit our personality don't don't fit that whole energy that we want to create and if you are just simply being a fucking asshole
1: yeah you you are dragging everybody else and look if it's just not a fit because whatever that's different. I consider that more like a layoff. And then I like help them find another job first. Mm. Like we, we figure it out. You know, right? Like I, I work with them on that. But when you just are a jerk or you're just trying, like I actually had to fire somebody not all that long ago who purposefully tanked someone else's career in the company. I mean it admitted to it to other people. Like it was right. it was documented and even it's admitted lifting, to it in the firing. Are... I'm like it's it's jerkosaurus. Not... That's what it is. It was just rude. It was just rude. And so I'm like, no, uh-uh, you got to go. This is not an acceptable thing. So, so it just kind of, you know, like I said, layoffs are never fun. No one wants to do that when you didn't earn it. And it's like a budget thing or something that sucks. Nobody wants to do that. But, but when you did earn it, I thoroughly enjoy it. And it was, my mother was so proud because not only did I fire her at the age of six years old, uh, twenty. Three years later, after that, I earned her nickname as well. It was also Dean the Terminator. And she was very happy on that day. And (laughs) it's been been great. But yeah, so I was literally, my parents were amazing. I had amazing parents, or have, shouldn't talk about them like they're gone. I have amazing parents. And they took me to work with them all the time both of my parents, my father, who is a musician and an educator, and my mother, who is an HR professional and uh, eventually an executive. And so I grew up for the time I was, I mean, we're talking little bitty, like three years old, around the world of work. And I spent that time and I learned and that just, you know, grew my little mind in a very specific way so that I was always very business minded, always kind of had that sense of professionalism. And I lived for being at work. And I think it's because Like even to this day, I'm happy when when I'm working, and I think it's because there's a part of my brain that's like, this is playtime. Like this is this is the good stuff. This is you know you get to be with mommy and daddy and you get to play. I think that that's still in there. It's so like my brain has just decided that work is the positive input. So I've always gets me me goosebumps
0: because (laughs) often enough it's like that those early childhoods, those upbringings. Often bring programming and limiting beliefs that we don't want. I'm like, our parents are just humans, right? Let's be honest. We all make mistakes. Shit happens. That's just what it is. But having hearing your story and seeing how this can also be completely the other way around, where it's like, hell yeah, this is fun.
1: This is playtime. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It, it was great. And they kind of did the same thing uh, with the neurodiversity stuff. Like I, they figured out from the time I was about four years old, I think that I was obsessed. I have com- obsessive compulsive tendencies and they just steered into it. They were like, all right, cool. That's what your brain does. All right, let's work with it. And they figured out ways to teach me how to be happy with that and how to accommodate it and how to turn it into something healthy rather than something unhealthy. And then when those unhealthy aspects came up, how to manage that and how to take care of it. And so I was just raised this way. That that was just my life. That was just part of my existence. And then when I got older and more things came up, right, and more things kind of took over, then my body just started falling apart. I mean, it's flipping ridiculous. My body acts like it's 80 years old. And it has since I was in my early 20s. It's very disrespectful. Like, I had... I had an insurance company one time call me, thinking that they had my age wrong because there was no way that someone in their twenties could have all of these (laughs) problems. It was hilarious. They literally called me and were like, "We have your age wrong. We're so sorry." And then they felt even worse when they didn't have my age wrong. (laughs) And it was, it's fine. Like it's, it's not a big deal. That it's just stuff that, and some of it's stuff that sounds more dramatic than it actually is. But it's, my body just started falling apart. But these kind of resources that I had to take care of myself and that mentality of working with myself not against myself made such a difference in my life
0: so if I if I may ask quote your body falling apart how how does that manifest just so the audience can kind of like wrap their head a little bit around how
1: it shows up in your everyday. yeah. Oh, no, that's fine. So, and, and some of the things are there every day and some of them are not, some of them are only there sometimes. So I, ha- I, gosh, I'm not gonna go down the whole list. Okay. But the bigger, diagnoses, the bigger, more prevalent diagnoses, I, I do have an arrhythmia. My, my heart does not, it might tell people my heart does its own drum solos. That's how mm-hmm. I choose to look at it. You know, it's just in there doing its whole little thing playing drummer boy. And then I have, and so that can cause fatigue. And that yep. can you know, cause some dizziness, lightheadedness, seeing some color spots occasionally if my oxygen gets low, which talking about oxygen, COVID left me with COPD. So I can't breathe for crud anymore. Thank you, COVID. I am fully vaccinated for anyone who's concerned. And I have uh, MCAS, which basically my body will create an anaphylactic response to the most mm-hmm. random flipping things, like uh-huh. just going outside on a super humid day and breathing in and my body is like ah we're dying and like, no no we're not it's okay calm down Or like certain textures perfumes I mean it's it's just bonkers and then I have and I have a seizure disorder which is interesting so it, it evolved from having mini strokes into seizures because mini strokes apparently weren't quite interesting enough so then we just <laughs> evolved <laughs>
0: Like okay, it, so, wasn't, like, it wasn't enough sparkle in your life. We need it to wasn't. It. it was like okay,
1: we need to be more flashy with it. That's what my friend said. Like my friends in theater, and she's like, she's like, yeah, this is like your jazz hands. Your your body was like, okay, this just isn't interesting enough. Like we got to be fucked up in a cool way, all right? Like we got to we got to do this other thing. So now I have what's called vocal seizures. They're on the left side of my body. I am aware, but they but they still hurt. I can't really respond. So on and so forth. And sometimes it's a full seizure and other times it's like little facial tics. So it will look like I'm trying to pick somebody up for a date <laughs> or I'm like doing like, <laughs> I love, or doing like little like Michael Jackson moves, like, you know, like getting my thriller on over here. And it's, it's so ridiculous. Sometimes like I have a camera trying to give a speech or something and it's, just my body's just going off. But that also ties back to the neurodiversity because then that changes your neural pathways, how you think, how you function. And the seizures do suck. Like, I don't want to downplay that the seizures do suck. They, they really do, but it's not all the time. Right. And I, I use CBD to, to manage that. And then I have bipolar one, I, I have obsessive compulsive disorder and I have misophonia, which is basically means that certain sounds create a negative neural response in my brain. So it's not just, I don't like it. It's like my brain, like, I get pain and like frustration. I get real agitated. I have, I don't do it, but I have the urge to punch people in the face.
0: Uh- <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes. And I have people that don't believe me in this. I'm like, there is certain tones. There is certain bass where I literally physically get angry. I get the whole stomach stuff going on. That's called
1: misophonia. That's a real (laughs) diagnosis. I'm like. (laughs) Like, it's real, I'm telling you. Yeah, it actually creates a negative neuropathway. And it's funny because. I literally yeah,
0: it, that like five minutes before we started before you popped in to record because it <sighs> okay we are not taking this into an angry podcast right now but yes I actually physically know I'm sorry
1: I'm sorry because I know what that feels like it is very agitating and it's stuff you can't help like one of the sounds that gets me is like a, a child breastfeeding and so like if I'm in public first of all I, I fully support public breastfeeding like totally down support everybody's right and i like, just can't stand hearing laughing. it like that, i can't that, it is that's funny
0: that's
1: it, it nice. is funny like it, it is it's okay to laugh i don't care but like this like, but i can't hear it it's just I'm like
0: yes <laughs> yeah like I, I will
1: actually like malfunction i'm like no 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 same thing with the sound of kissing i can't i can't stand the sound like in a movie or in a am like, no 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 has to be muted <laughs> like, Doing it myself is fine. That that's fine. I can't stand the sound. <laughs> because of other people you are doing it. I husband guess. I guess yeah. or I guess. I don't know. But I uh, I don't know. But it's it's bad. I cannot stand that sound. <sighs> and actually, it's funny because a lot of people will make the mistake because of certain different ways that my neurodiversities kind of complement each other and come together, will think that I have autism, which is fine. Like I'm not insulted by that, but they'll make the mistake of thinking I have autism because of how certain things. Kind of piece together, including the mesothelioma, and I'm like, no, I get why you think that, but I'm missing key elements for that diagnosis, so that that's not it. But thank you, I was like thank you for for the thought and all that. But I I love neurodiversity, and and it's cool because finally, finally, science is catching up to what so many of us already knew, which is that it's not a deficit. It's it's got disability associated with it, but there are also proven benefits, like Johns Hopkins has put out studies, Psychology Today has released a few cool things, the the National Library of Medicine, National Institute of Health, even Hewlett-Packard has done a great study and has a beautiful inclusion program around around neurodiversity. And so it's this this interesting kind of dynamic of compensating or, or accommodating disability, but then also... Ex, you know exalting the benefits of it and kind of learning to balance all that out especially in the workplace it's really what
0: it what it is for me and it's been that's how I have looked at it back in the day when neurodiversity wasn't a word yet I'm like how old was mm-hmm. I I was dating him when I was 18 19 probably and dyslexia and oh, yeah, gave yeah. him that at school. They gave him the runaround, but when it came to numbers and math, he was a freaking genius. And how I look at it is, yeah, we might be struggling with certain areas because of how our yeah. brain functions, how it fires, but that usually means our brain is somewhere else freaking yeah. amazing wow. yeah doing other
1: things over here yeah exactly and that's exactly it and so I've had employers say well what do I do with that you know somebody's real strong over here a week over here and one of my top solutions for that is symbiotic work cells which I think is something we ought to be doing anyway and that's where you get several people and you have them all come together to handle a, like all of the work put together so they take the The work for those three or four positions, right? You don't really want to make the cell bigger than three or four people, but you you bring them all together and they all handle that workload together and they complement each other and learn from each other and grow from each other. And it's the most perfect solution. and it actually creates a far more effective work body, by the way. And then you have everybody's eye and everybody's different strength, and it's it's amazing. It's amazing. it's it's a really cool result. Everybody
0: listening, you haven't seen my faces that that I was just making because I didn't have a word for it. But literally, what you just described is my content team. Oh, I'm I love that to you describing that, and it's mm-hmm. like we have found that symbiosis of mm-hmm. of Kitty, Layla, and Jeremy with all of their specific strengths and. My right-hand kitty has done well of saying no for the team. Right. My Layla and Jeremy—they are—they are quite quiet behind the scenes. They get the things done that they are best at. Kitty is the one that mostly talks to me and get things done. And right. she's like, "This doesn't line up. This doesn't match." So she is kind of like the the, the leader of that. <laughs> yeah. And it's like when you started to to describe this, and I'm okay. like. This is what we did without even thinking about it. because... Because it works. It makes sense. And it's like, I'm I'm going after people's strength, not just the strength, yes. but also their passion. What lights them yes. up, what do they love doing? Yes. Because that's way I get the best, the best out of them. It's, it's an egotistical choice. If you love what right. you're doing, I'm getting
1: the best results. Why wouldn't I do Heck that? Heck, yeah, exactly. But people don't think like that. We've been taught that everyone has to completely own their job. And it has to be one that's person it. doing one job and one work- workload. And that's just it. Fuck that. It makes no sense. It makes no sense symbiotic work cells. And it's not that they have to all do everything together. That's not it. You know, I mean, they take little pieces and yeah. they each do their thing. and But it works. And also the other cool thing that happens with that is that within when somebody's out, these people are already naturally doing the work. There is no picking it up. There is, no, no, no. It just keeps going <laughs> because it's okay. They already all know what's what's up and what's happening. And it's okay because they already are a team. They're a cell, right? So just creating that, that strength that comes together, that's so strong. And people people get real funny about this one too until I, I kind of explain it. The other one I tell people is we need to stop, stop with the accommodations at work and just turn them into standard options. That it shouldn't be this stupid <laughs> process for people to get things that will help them work more effectively, more efficiently, and more in a more healthy manner. That makes no sense, that's stupid. And especially when the department of labor says that 54 percent of accommodations are free why are we making people jump through hoops for them why are we shaming people about them why are we making them feel othered or weird or bad for asking for something that's going to make them work better that makes new no and it's like sense? let's be honest none of us is normal no Everybody's got their thing. Everybody. And at some point, the majority of the population will need some form of accommodation, whether it's temporary or long term. And that can be glasses. It can be uh, an ergonomic mouse. It can be noise cancelling headphones. It can be preferring having camera off meetings for whatever reason. I mean, you could need an accommodation because you broke your ankle. I don't know, you know, (laughs) as we all get older, we all lose our hearing. I mean, it's already happening to me. It's not funny. And, and, you know, it's just, we all can benefit from these types of things. So learning to naturally take care of our team just makes sense again. So what I tell people is I'm like, from the interview process on through, have a list of standard accommodations that you already offer that you're already, you know, have connections to the vendor, whatever it is. And there's two reasons for that. Number one, because it shows people you actually do care and you actually are going it's, to it's help not them, just as a, opposed to
0: "Hey, hey, tell me what you need." No, we already have some yeah, accommodations. Yeah, we've got you. If yes. you would like to add to that, not yeah, oh time.
1: yeah, and you always have a fill in the blank. Always have a fill in the blank because you just never know. Uh, but have the standard accommodations because it shows them that you put your money where your mouth is and that you're not going to discriminate against them. That it's not a way to like trick them into telling you something that then you're going to discriminate against them. Because trust me everybody's experienced that that's in the disability community uh, or in the neurodiverse community. And then the other thing that it does is it helps them because tragically, a lot of people did not have the upbringing that I did. And so a lot of people have not been taught to take care of themselves. They don't know. Even their own doctors have not taught them to take care oh. of themselves properly. So when you, when you put that out there and people will go, Oh my gosh, I could totally use that. That'll make me more comfortable great <laughs> you know and, it's like, and, and you're what, helping them
0: what i have realized and it's been interesting with people that i work with and in general i'm an open book i'm like it, it's yeah. always funny to see some people where it's like you, you don't have an old pack i'm like no i don't it's like i'm an open book you ask me a question you're going to get the answer so be careful what yeah. you ask
1: yeah hope you really wanted it <laughs> good luck
0: <laughs> and it's been it's been interesting seeing the progression in my team in general when i work with people no matter if full time or part time something that i often hear is like oh really you you just did that because my video editor needed needed a subscription to some some music for the videos mm-hmm. or somebody got yeah. sick and they're a day behind and i'm like we are not doing neurosurgery it's fine yeah I got, got it. I got it i got it Or me, openly, right at the beginning of December, I hit hit a meltdown, meltdown, burnout, whatever you want to call it. It was just so many things finalized. And that anxiety of getting my citizenship, of getting the book out, all of that high-energy anxiety. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I was down. I was down. I told my team, I'm like, guys, I'm burned out. I'm at my end. We are taking December off. I don't even care what's going out we are back in january we are refocusing i'm and and just being open and honest with them what's happening on my side here because we are all virtual yes. gives them also that that permission slip yes of, i'm having a crappy day i'm bowing out i'll see you tomorrow
1: yes and sometimes we just need mental health days 100% i have always told my teams since i the first time i was a manager if you're just having that day where you're like Mm-mm, not today then that's okay go take a break because some days it's just not going to happen it could be that so much is built up for you it could just be that your hormones are that day and and then on top of that somebody would rude to you the second you came in and you're just like nope <laughs> you know it could it could be a variety of things i had one <laughs> one of my employees came in <laughs> one morning and this woman was always like beautifully like beautifully dressed elegant smart articulate comes in and she goes and she looked ratchet okay i would i say i mean this woman it did not look good like i don't it looked like she stuck her finger in a light sock got hit by a car and then had mud thrown on her like it was bad no oh, it's she obvious
0: just, it's complete obvious Something. yeah like it was it was obvious her hair lady. was not right
1: no no her hair was not right this woman comes into me and she's got like this drained look on her face and she's like i haven't slept in two days and she didn't even say hi. She just started in. She goes, I haven't in two days. And the wind was blowing and it messed up my hair. And I'd forgotten to spray it. And I feel sick. And I started my period. And then my baby pooped on me like it came right out of the diaper and it pooped on me. That was the mud. Uh, <laughs> and then she goes, and then I get her, I get her back, yeah, I get her to the daycare. And then she threw up on me. <laughs> she's like she's like, I don't like this day. Look at her. I said, so go, go home. home. I said, it's okay, honey. I said, just go home, crawl in bed, and just pretend it never happened, and we'll start all over all over again tomorrow. She goes,
0: Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was, so the, sad. The, and was like, the commitment. Dude, the commitment <laughs> to show up. I know. I was like, girl, and she goes,
1: Well, you know I love you guys, but I just can't <laughs> it's okay. I'm like, Go on, she was trying because she just she just loved the team and she did love her job she genuinely loved being with us and all that she just plus her heart and it just been a day and I was like girl next time text me don't come in here with your baby poop on your dress uh, but when, it was it was so pitiful but I was like but it was such an important moment and she told me later she goes you know you're always open with us about your health and you're always open with us About this other, she goes. I just felt comfortable just being honest, and I was like, "Thank you. That's a great compliment. Thank you. That was a really beautiful moment. Kind of gross, also, but it was really beautiful. (laughs) It's okay, you know. But you do. You have to. You have to take care of your humans. That's it. Like it's. It's really that simple. And I am excited to see that finally." Finally, we are starting to really learn that and we're slowly catching on to what that means. But there are so many people that are still fighting it tooth and nail. They're just fighting it. And part of it is, is that human beings have that natural, natural ego defense and that natural inherent self-centeredness that we, we forget that our perception of reality and our vision so to speak you know is all based on us and what we've experienced and what we've learned and how our bodies are and how our friends are and we forget that there's all this other stuff that happens that we are not the center of the universe we forget like we know it we know it right we know it
0: i don't know what you're talking about
1: All right. If nobody's ever told you, (laughs) no, you're not. No, Uh, but it's, it's really like we, and we know it consciously, but we forget to actually remember it right. And to practice life accordingly. And then when people say things to us that are different from our experience, that ego defense kicks in, which is biological. This is a no shame, no blame comment because every single person has it. It's our brains need to be correct because that equals safety. And we start defending our position instead of listening and realizing that we're effing up and that we could be doing better. And so we meet, we have to learn to break that ego mechanism, how to stop it in its tracks, which I do know how to do, by the way. So if anybody wants to learn to reach out to me, it's extremely simple, by the way. It's extremely simple to do this and stop that ego mechanism. And then you respond in curiosity. You respond with a question. You start to learn from that person. And then that just becomes your habit. And then that's just how you communicate. And then everything everything changes in your work life your personal life Mm -hmm. everything it all changes and it's amazing it's freaking amazing you just get these whole new relationships and these whole new experiences and your mind expands and you start to realize you're a lot less tense as a human because you've taught your your body that new information and new stimuli and new things are not scary and that it's healthy and that it's happy yeah And so then you have that positive association kind of like i have with going to work you know it's that positive brain association and so teaching yourself this this little habit it takes a little bit of practice it does Mm -hmm. but once you get good at it it's an astronomical evolution and change in yourself and then your work product and then your company because it grows and it grows and it grows
0: and i think part of that is also one of the things that that i use often for myself stepping into new things can trigger anxiety yes however we actually decide if it's anxiety or if it's excitement because physically it feels the exact same way so when i catch myself of this oh my god anxiety i'm like hold stop we are testing something new i get to learn something new i get to experience something new something that hasn't done and changing my perception from this is full on anxiety. And don't get me wrong. I still have panic attacks at some points where my body just goes oh, yeah. over. It happens. But in the everyday stepping out of your comfort zone and that, that low grade anxiety, I, I learned to flip the switch. And I'm like, this is just excitement. This is something new that we haven't experienced before yet.
1: And right. suddenly the, the whole flow, the whole experience changes. Absolutely. And that's part of that. And that's what I tell people all the time. I'm like, it's a quick, like reality check slash grounding exercise of just telling your brain, no, we're safe. It's okay. And now we're excited about it. Right. And now we're just, we're in this whole other, this whole other area, this whole other game plan. And people don't realize too, that we get addicted to these negative responses that happen in our body. So the way addiction uh-huh. works is,
0: uh-huh. yeah
1: yeah oh yeah
0: all on guilty the crap I watched on tv and then just not decided I started realizing that I'm taking the drama and the bs on tv into my everyday life
1: yep Yep. and don't get me wrong like no judgment like occasionally we just need that good trash tv I get it no judgment but you have to be careful like you do because this stuff it's just like um, I really love because it's well written and I think it it's it teaches a lot. I like the show *Handmaid's Tale*, but I have to be very careful when yeah. I watch it, how often I watch it, oh, yeah. like, and that's mm-hmm. not a binging show for me because it's gonna go real bad in my mind. So you, ha- I have to kind of watch it in just particular stages, and I'll- I have to watch my mental health when I'm, you know, gonna watch it and stuff like that. But. You have to be careful with these kind of things, but we do, we get addicted. So addiction is typically not the actual chemical that we're taking in, but our body's response to it. So it can be that dopamine, that adrenaline, that serotonin, and that's more what we get addicted to typically, now, not always, but typically. And so we actually get addicted to these fucked up responses that we let our body have including the ego response. We're actually addicted to that. We're addicted to our own ego response that's always in there telling us that we're right because it, it induces that fight or flight. It gives us that adrenaline rush mm-hmm. and it just, Ooh, you know, it's just, you know, you'll even hear people and, say like, Oh, it feels so good to just be, you know, to just go after somebody. I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. you're an adrenaline addict.
0: And it's, it's, it's interesting because I've been doing that cleanup when I started realizing addicted here don't get me wrong if I've been so long in fight or flight I didn't even know any difference right and it's interesting to see over time coming off of that where suddenly I have a moment where I'm like oh look who who fell back into the old programming and I literally generated a situation to get back into that hit and oh yeah Okay, we are back. It, it needs to get on the forefront again. We need to pay closer attention to this again, because I don't want to get back to it. Right, content it's not and calm can actually be really nice. It doesn't always
1: have to be drama. Yes, because it releases oxytocin, which is a happy bonding chemical that makes us feel healthy. That's a good chemical. That's one that we want a lot of. <laughs> and there is, but it's there, true. Is, there is so much more we could talk about.
0: Catherine, tell the audience where can they dig deeper. Where can they find you? Where can they connect with you if they want to deep deeper into this? And I have a feeling. So, that as well.
1: LinkedIn, I'm always on there. Connect to me. I will talk to you. I promise. Just reach out. Send me a message. I'm just trying to figure out TikTok. So I'm on there too. It's at Kat, the HR Titan on there. And then you can find me on my speaker site at kmacordspeaking.com or my professional site, which is titanmanagementusa.com. Any of those, reach out to me, connect with me. I'm always happy to talk to you. Come talk to you, come talk to you at work, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever I could do to be of service, please reach out. Even if it's a personal issue, reach out. I'm here.
0: And as you guys know, all of the links will be in the description. I have a feeling we will be having Catherine on again pretty soon for another episode because I could go for hours with you. Right. Thank you so much (laughs) for joining me. So much fun. It was a blast. Thank you. Thank you.